tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's time to celebrate the greatest team sport known to man, where modern-day gladiators collide all for the glory of the gridiron. We'll talk some college football on Cougar Sports with Ben Criddle. Okay. Welcome back. Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle broadcasting live. From your Wasatch Medical Clinic, WasatchMedicalClinic.com studio. Stop living with ED. Live without it today at Wasatch Medical Clinic, WasatchMedicalClinic.com. College football insider report, college football uh, news and notes of the day. It's going to be brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. That's right. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. I love fantasy sports. You love fantasy sports. We all love fantasy sports. We don't get to play enough of the fantasy sports. And it's also the fastest-growing fantasy app in the industry. March Madness is here. It is upon us, which means we get to uh, get in on the action. Uh, the Pick'em contests, which are some of my favorites, the fastest way to get in on that action. Uh, things like uh, higher, lower, right, uh, whether it's a stat total, uh, total points, etc. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Okay, And guess what? When you uh, utilize that ESPN 960 coupon code when you sign up, you can get upwards of $100 added to your first deposit. That's right, doubled up to $100 utilizing that promo code ESPN960. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store, and don't uh, forget to register with that promo code ESPN960. Let's get out to the hotline. Welcome in my guy, Matt Brown of Extra Points. What's up, Matt? How the heck are you? Hey man, I I'm I'm doing great. This is uh this is my last radio hit here. I think before I ditch the country, it's uh it's an exciting time here at Extra Points HQ, and I'm excited to be talking to you. Yes, indeed. Where are you going to be heading? Where where where's the vacation? Much earned, much earned. D- 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 little time off, little R and R. Yeah, normally not. This is normally not the type the kind of uh, type of time of year when I would do this kind of thing, but. I'm flying down to Brazil to see my sister, to see some cousins I haven't seen in a long time. And you, when you're doing that, you kind of have to go where you can get a cheap ticket. Uh, and that time is now, so I'll be in Sao Paulo for like 10 days. I'm going to try to watch some of the tournament from there, which I think will be a fun little experience. Yeah. And have a, have a couple of freelance stories going up on Extra Points while I'm gone. I love it. Well, you just penned a piece uh, regarding seven off-court thoughts on the yeah. NCAA men's basketball tournament bracket. Give me your thoughts on this. Uh, what stood out to you? Yeah. So, and, and you know, this this the kind of thing that I wrote today is uh, indicative of the sort of work that I do at Extra Points because I'm like I'm not really the kind of reporter that can sit here on the phone and tell you here's who you should pick for your Final Four, right? Or like here's yeah. an intriguing matchup or. Here's what the Ken Palm and analytics staff like. I don't. I don't watch enough college basketball for work. That's not the work I do anymore. Um, a lot of this was about money and uh, about major kind of off the court storylines that happen with these tournaments. I feel pretty confident, for example, that after the first round, 
some double-digit seed, some mid-major is going to knock off a uh, a high-major team. Happens multiple times every single year. Then there's usually immediately a storyline after about what that means for a new surge in people applying to that school and new earned media and what that means for test scores, the incoming class. It's a phenomenon called the Flutie effect, which is an actual real thing. It's named after Doug Flutie and the surge of applications that Boston College enjoyed after his Hail Mary beat Miami. Um, I have read probably a dozen papers about this phenomenon. It's it's, it's actually pretty well studied uh, by uh, economists and sports management uh, professors. The actual truth of the matter is it's it's not really as not nearly as expansive as the hype surrounding the tournament makes it out to be it usually only lasts for one year what kind of bump you get depends on what kind of school you are the bump uh it varies depending on how academically prestigious the applicant pool is like this is going to surprise you uh typically it is easier (laughs) to get a bump of students who do not score as well on their acts from uh, a March Madness victory than it is kids that got like 30s and 32s and 33s. So I, I would encourage anybody to be much more cautious about any marketing hype or sweeping justifications for college sports after a March Madness upset because <laughs> examples like Gonzaga, where sustained success really did change the trajectory of the university, those are very few and far between. There's a lot more George Masons and Chattanoogas out there yeah. where one sweet run didn't really change the school big picture. So let me let me get your thoughts on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script to to football here. How, sure. how often does that Flutie effect, that increase in enrollment, occur in football? Would you say? Well, based on the studies that I have read, there is a short term documented effect for a team dramatically overperforming their expe- expectations that season. Right. So if you are Appalachian State and you some and you or or Boise State would be a good example. Right. If you're Boise State and you beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl and your running back proposes to his girlfriend on national television and you become, you know, a a, a nationwide story. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're going to see a short term bump. Six years later, if Boise State goes 10 and 2 and finishes 19 in the Associated Press at the end of the year, they're not. Um, we do have some evidence to suggest that there is a relationship between what Alabama and Clemson have done, sustained elite success over several years, combined with a university strategy that's dependent on out-of-state enrollment, that where, where there, there have been some prolonged success uh, and changes in alumni donation and state appropriations. But that's not the norm. And what would happen if BYU suddenly made uh, a college football playoff or Utah or Colorado or any number of other schools wouldn't manifest itself the same way. It, I, I, tell, I tell people and I would tell an AD that uh, any bonus that you get from the Flutie effect, that's found money, right? Like that, that's, that's not something you can count on happening every single year. Hmm. Yeah, I love this conversation. I'm, you know how I, how I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip over to BYU topics here momentarily. I may do it right now uh, because this is a very intriguing study. I've been a, I've been harping on this for a while. I think BYU needs to expand enrollment. I, I think they've capped it at, I want to say, 32, maybe 32,000. Um, I, I, they, they do have, they did purchase 
Provo High School, so there's some opportunity to maybe develop that. I don't know how quickly they can expand, but the reason why I bring that up, Matt, is because we're in like the season now of rejection letters where these these young, bright, Latter-day Saints apply to BYU, and they've always had this dream of going to BYU. They got a 3.9 GPA, a 29 ACT, and then they get the rejection letter, right? And they're like, what? And and then they hate BYU for the rest of their lives. And, you know, there's there, there's something to that. But the acceptance rate of BYU is, like, the, one of the highest in the country outside of maybe the Ivy League, right? When you get accepted to, to BYU, the percentage of people that accept that acceptance, I don't know what that rate is called or what that number is called, is very high, yeah. right? And so uh, I, I don't know if you've ever delved into that at all and what that would take because BYU is unique. BYU is not traditional college athletics in the sense that increasing enrollment, increasing tuition fees, that's not a part of their business. They don't do that. So why would they increase enrollment anyway? I would make the argument that um, that that there are some repercussions to not – expanding enrollment and it creates a bit of a ramium to mormon culture those are my thoughts that's like kind of like my baseline theory on it any thoughts any commentary to that yeah i it, it is funny because and and this this is uh this is a half-baked take right yeah, yeah, this yeah. is something that would need uh, that, that needs some more time in the oven here for no me no doubt no doubt but, no doubt. Uh, but I, I i i have talked with other administrators and other like lds people in college athletics where like you know it may not it's, it's, it may not be a bad idea, honestly, to completely build another BYU-Idaho. Like an, or have a, a completely, because there's enough demands, there's enough Latter-day Saints who want an LDS-focused experience where you could, I mean, and there used to be plans for this, right? There were, there was, there were, there were plans in the blueprint about a BYU in Mexico City, about one in Southern California. I think there was supposed to be one in, in like Arizona at some point, and, and, and these things didn't happen. But the idea of, Using tithing money and using church money to to dramatically subsidize tuition for what is increasingly becoming a, a relatively elite environment uh, at, at at BYU, and so you know BYU doesn't serve a whole lot of Pell Grant kids. The people that are going there and who get thirty ones on their ACT and, and did really well in school are, are increasingly coming from pretty well to do backgrounds, right? So then you're using the church money or you're using the, the resources of, of, of the institution to keep tuition very low for people that by and large don't really need it. Um, it, it you compared to what you could do for educating a, a broader scope of people, which is kind of what, what pathways is. I could, I could see that, right? If you opened up another BYU in Arizona or in Bakersfield or in San Diego, Colorado or anywhere or, or, or <laughs> Illinois, right. You can come back yes. like Kirtland. Has, yes. I mean, like Nauvoo has listened. I don't know if any of y'all been to Nauvoo lately, plenty of cheap real estate available, right? <laughs> um, you could come back and you could get 10,000 people to go there yeah. and, and you could maybe take the pressure off of BYU Provo a little bit and give people a similar experience. If if the if the church said, hey, you know, hypothetically, hey, that's something we want to do. We want to provide a residential campus experience to ten to twelve to fifteen thousand more people. Like, who would you kick in a couple of bucks in the in the envelope? I I would probably do that. Um, but you know, that I I recognize there's some armchair quarterbacking here, and there's there's plenty of factors yeah. that I'm unaware of. I, I there's there's something to be said about. Do we really want to be in the business of 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 throwing so many resources at an institution that is becoming increasingly selective? And and to be fair, that's yeah. not just a BYU thing. Like 
this is something that a lot of the country grapples with with their flagship land grant schools. You know, if if you're from the if you're out here where I live in the Midwest, um, or if you're from of any southern states, your flagship state you was founded via the you know the Morrill Act or these land grant acts, and these schools are built to support the sons and daughters of toil. They were supposed to be mostly open enrollment, and now you know. If you're a good student and you graduate from school in Grand Rapids, you're not going to get to go to Michigan. <laughs> you might not even get in to go to Michigan State. You, you, you're going to have a hard time getting into most Midwestern flagship institutions. You're going to have a hard time getting into North Carolina or Virginia or these other places. And this is a, a similar conversation that people have in state governments out here. So I don't, I don't, I don't know the right answer, but it is, it is a conversation worth having. Well, now I'm, I'm willing to hear the, um, you know, BYU. Palmyra, BYU, Nauvoo, BYU conversations around the country, but I do think, I mean, all, it's a, it's all the kids, events. all the kids want to come to Provo. That's the thing. You, they they still want that college experience. They want that unique BYU Utah yeah, Valley. Well, I mean, experience. you could just That's make listen. You you could just make Idaho less weird, and then maybe people would <laughs> would feel better about no, going there. No man, they want to come to Provo. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, they yeah want I to know come they to want to come to Provo because I because Rexburg is weird. Yes. And and, yes. and I mean I mean a Provo's weird too. But I mean, you know been to well, yeah, I, 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 I know my audience here. Yes, yes. But I I just think that we need to be pushing for this. I really do. I think and this is uh not even in regards to athletics by any means, um, but it does impact athletics. It it, it does correlate to it because um, because of that elitist mindset, because of this, what I believe this Ramium culture has created over the last few decades is that it, it, it it's it actually has a, um, a a a an effect that 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 is seen across like religion, you know, day to day kind of cultural life within Latter Day Sanctum, as you call it, and and athletics, dude. I mean, it just really does. Like, do you like to hang out with individuals that you know kind of have a pompous attitude about attending BYU? I mean, you've been around it before, Matt. Come on. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Like those people, um, those people don't go to the Chicago First Ward here, <laughs> here in the city. Like, if, if, if you feel some kind of way about your righteousness vis-a-vis going to BYU, and you live in the great state of Illinois, um, and this this is going to be an inside joke that's going to like make sense to six people. Like, you live in okay. Naperville, man. You 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 live in the North Shore. You don't live in the city. <laughs> I live in the city. So, so like those kind of people sort of self select out of my world. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it, yeah, has, totally. It, but I, I I I get it. Like, um, I, I think some of the cultural tension you're describing, I intellectually know exists because I have a Twitter account and I've been a Mormon for most of my adult life. <laughs> but it is pretty. It, that is increasingly like divorced from my day to day experience, just because like I. There's, 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 there's like a thousand of us in Chicago. <laughs> we, 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 can, we have to fight about different things. There's not enough. And how many of them are BYU them? fans? We're creating too many fans of other institutions. That's what we're doing right now. We're creating too many man, fans. I, they are. They're, my brother's one of them. He went. He hated BYU. He yeah. went to med- He went to undergrad at U of A. And he was very smart. He got into medical school. He's What's ENT. He, he hates. He hates Brigham. He's like doesn't like Brigham. I'm like you're a bishop. You're 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 on the fast track to to state presidency, and you can't hate the Lord's institution. You can't do that. We're creating no, fans no, I, for other institutions, Matt. I'm not I'm not here to debate it. It's true. 
I mean, well, listen, I mean, may, may, maybe I'm that example because exactly uh, as your, Ohio as your listeners may be aware, that's right. I went to Ohio State and I got into BYU, and I considered it for roughly six seconds before rejecting <laughs> it out of hand very quickly. It was never something that was. It was, I applied as a favor to my bishop. I was there was no way I was ever going to go. The few, um, the proud, and, the you know, rejectors I'm, of Brigham. You are the outlier, glad, my friend. I'm, yeah, it's, man, it's, it was so far, right? Yeah. I grew up 1,500 miles from Provo. I didn't want to go to school that far away. And it also wasn't, it was weirdly, BYU was the most expensive school I got into. Huh. Um, I, 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 wow. I, there's, 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 I, I think there's a reason for that that I don't want to say on the air because I'm going to get sure. yelled at. But, yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it was a great experience for other people. My wife went there. She mostly had a good time. It was mostly good for her, but I don't know. <laughs> My man, Matt I'm, Brown. I'm glad, I'm glad she didn't have such a good time. She met somebody else before me. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm Amen. glad that she went. Amen. I, I want she mostly had a good time to be the title of the <laughs> memoirs of. Of, yeah, um, it was yeah, fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I think she enjoyed the studying abroad in Europe part more than she enjoyed like yeah. the American Fork experiences. We'll have to get her on the air next time to have you tell Dude. you about it when I'm gone. I love it, man. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you hopping on today. Next, we went down a different. The line, we went down a different path. Team. I was I brought you on wanting to talk college football. Yeah. And then we went sure. college basketball because you had recently written something, and I'm like, you know what? He's talking about enrollment, and I need to know these things that are on my mind right now. And and I appreciate you, you you, you just fielding those questions, you know, and and, and throwing them out, right? I'm just throwing them out the first I'm base. I'm a serious professional. You yeah. are, you are, man. No, so somebody listening to this probably knows like about the plan for like a BYU Southern California. I know I'm not making that up. I know. I know. I read that somewhere. Somebody what would more be better though? What would be better to do like these different geographical regions, or just expanding the the enrollment at at the the main the main institution, the 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 iconic I, institution? I, I, you know what? I, I would I would say both, and I'll, I'll just say this: as somebody that went to a school with sixty thousand people that like lived there mm. uh, at Ohio State, there are like logistical problems yeah. with having a school that big. You guys. My name is Matt Brown. Do you have any idea how many other Matt Browns were at Ohio State when I was there? Like 20, which means that, like, you know, maybe my paycheck or, like, my transcript or other things got mixed up with other Matt Browns. Traffic becomes a huge pain in the butt. Trying to get academic advising. Like, there are things that suck about being somewhere with 60,000 people. And I I imagine as provosts continue to grow, and you guys would know this better than I would, Maybe getting around if you just threw another fifteen thousand people were in an already crowded housing market. I can I can understand how maybe not everybody would love that. So I'm like, you guys have trains. Um, I said you both. Just don't just don't build a new BYU in my backyard. You could build build it downstate or something. Navu, Palmyra, BYU. Hey. I'm telling you, you could probably attract. Uh... You could attract to like those hot spots, those hey. tourist spots for for Mormons. I like that I, idea. I, <laughs> <laughs> tourist spots for Mormons. Yeah, I don't even know now who has like a McDonald's anymore. Like, hey, but you know what? <laughs> that's though a we tourist can, spot for a certain kind of person. I mean, Mormons have been doing this for a long time. Latter says we do. Like, we take what nobody else wants and we turn it into an oasis. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do again. That's what we've done. Bam. Uh, Matt, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Look, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there straight out of the Harold B. Lee Library, Brigham Young University. The BYU California Adult Education Center was established in Inglewood, California in 1964 in order to allow more opportunities for individuals to participate in BYU classes. Do you know how long okay, that lasted, BYU California? Two years. No, how long? Two years. Abolished in 1966. Okay, so it was a mission. It turned out great. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. um, I'm glad. Okay. Thank, thank you. I appreciate you um, verifying that I, I didn't actually make this up. I, I knew I thing. knew I had heard about this somewhere. Yeah, it was actually um, a thing. It lasted exactly two years. I'm not sure Inglewood would be the place I would put BYU California in today's <laughs> age, but it did actually exist from 1964 to 1966. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe maybe Inglewood's the place to do it. I don't. I I I I don't. I don't know that area very well. BYU California um, at SoFi Stadium. <laughs> that's uh, that's that, that, that's that's what I'm hearing. One one of these days, you guys are going to get going to get me on here. I'm going to talk for ten minutes, and then I want to I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to get just a bunch of really angry emails from people at BYU. Like and my my ability to ever get credentials again is going to is probably going to be torpedoed. <laughs> Not true. You're a fan favorite amongst the athletic department and the administrators. You do good work. Matt Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Matt, we salute you. Enjoy your vacation. You know, uh, Thank you. Speak, speak a lot of Portuguese, uh, you know, and, uh, Dude, and, and, uh, and reconnect with your roots, with your lineage, with your I, I, ancestors. I, I, let, me just, let me just say this, because this, this is something that I, I want to speak on in my heart. It has been so humiliating in my life as an actual like a Brazilian citizen to have spent so much of my life being introduced to the whitest white boys from Farmington or Ogden or whoever speak better Portuguese than I do because they live there longer. Yep. yep. I, 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 I need to go there and, 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 uh, and, and finally be reconnected enough so I, I can at least be as Brazilian as the hordes of gringos swarming around greater Utah who, you know, spent two years in Hesipe. Um, it, and, and, can, and can do this better than I can. God, I, 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 I didn't go there on my mission. It's time to, it's time to really learn now. Well, good Matt, luck. Matt, We're all counting Matt on Brown, you. Matt Brown, part of NZ <laughs> He's freaking. This guy's. He's one of the guys. I knew it. I don't speak Portuguese, but Matt, we appreciate you, man. Be safe down there. Thanks so much for hopping on today. All right. Th- 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 thanks, friends. I appreciate you. I'll catch up with you. I want to get back to America. Thank Thanks, you, man. Matt Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Extra points, extra points. MB, follow him on Twitter. Read all this stuff. You'll love it. Uh, Got to get uh, uh, one last uh, shout-out to Underdog Fantasy. Uh, if you have not participated in Underdog Fantasy, I'd advise you to do it. The NCAA tournament is here. If you're making a bracket for the NCAA tournament this week, you can add some uh, extra sweat to the game by playing a little college basketball pick em. On underdog fantasy, I know this is down your alley, Sean. I know this is down your alley. I'm, I'm 100%. doubling. I'm doubling up right now. Okay, using ESPN hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. I'm giving you hundred bucks. So get in a get in on a pick'em game. Pick whether your favorite player will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's March Madness games for a chance to win big. You can win up to twenty times your money in a single night, which is phenomenal. Pick between two and five players to pit, build a pick'em entry. Can also make rivals picks, which pits two players against each other. Uh, which player will have more yards, more points, more goals, etc. So try it out today. Use that ESPN nine sixty coupon code as always and get your first deposit doubled up to one 
hundred dollars, one hundred. So uh, must be eighteen or older and present in the state where under underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, you can always call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero. That's one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero. Or visit npcgambling.org. We'll go to break. Coming up next, we'll get into what's cooking with the Cougars. This is Cougar Sports, ESPN nine sixty.